Hey, what's up, everybody? It's Coach Josh. I want to officially welcome you guys and gals up to another The Purpose of Singleness. What well, another one? But the first lecture of The Purpose of Singleness. Of course, my light is shining too bright, y'all. Give me one second. Let me turn myself down. There we go. Hope y'all doing exceptionally well. I'm excited. We're, it's, this year is going to be an amazing year because we're going to focus on singles this year. Yes, I'm going to be doing other materials. Yes, I'll be doing other sessions, live Q&As and such. But, but the goal is still the same. Uh, for every Thursday, my goal is to help you all grow in the things of God, grow in your singleness so that you'll be able to be used for God in every stage of your life. So I want to welcome you all. I'm excited as well. Come on in. I'm going to give everybody an opportunity to come into the class this evening because I have a lot of notes that I want to share in this first session. I may not. Happy New Year. I may not get to all of them, but I will get to most of them. Um, but we have a long season ahead of us. We have about two and a half uh, semesters where I'm going to be focusing my attention every Thursday on the purpose of singleness. Good evening. I hope you. Oh, I had an amazing birthday. Thank you so much. I'm excited. We're going to give about two or three more minutes. Uh, everyone who's downloaded, those who are already part of the program, who already got your syllabus, let's get our syllabus out and get our notes out because we're going to do our, um, our due diligence and kind of expressing uh, what is all going to be entailed in this course. So go ahead and share it. This this session right here is open for everyone. Of course, there's some exclusive things for uh, for those who signed up at LifeWork. And if you haven't yet, and it's your first time watching, whether it's on YouTube or listening later on Google Play, Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, or Spotify, head over to lifework.teachable.com, enroll in our course um, so that you'll be able to get the uh, holistic plan, so that you'll be able to get all the activities, so you can get all the reading plans and everything. Those things are exclusive for those who are on the life work page. So I'm gonna give about two more minutes. <clears throat> Excuse me, give everybody an opportunity to come on in. Man, I'm excited. I hope y'all excited. My light is still shining bright. Look at God. Let me turn down my light. Oh. Give me one second, y'all. All right, so let me know where y'all watching from. I'm gonna look in the chat box. Oh, y'all chatting up a storm over here. Oh, what's up, everybody? Hey, 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 I'm excited, I'm excited. I know y'all are, I am too. Come on in. Come on in the room. Come on in the class. Giving all of our students an opportunity to come on in. Share this video. Get it out to as many people as possible. If you're joining me on YouTube, you just now getting in, go ahead and hit that like button. Let's get this video up because we have a lot of singles out there in the world that we need to reach. Dallas in the building. New York. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, I'm sorry. Atlanta in the building. New Jersey. Miami, Florida. Tampa, Florida. Kansas, New York. Barbados. Portland in the building. Houston, Texas. Dallas. Little Rock. California. Excuse me, New York and San Antonio, Philly, YouTube, Amsterdam, Rhode Island, Charlotte in the building, Michigan, Trinidad, uh, South Jersey. Oh, y'all going too fast. Bermuda, Columbus, Johannesburg, Houston, uh, York, Pennsylvania, Charlotte in the building. That's where I'm from. Michigan. Oh, uh, uh, Golden State. <laughs> y'all some warriors. Ohio in the building. Toronto. Wow. This is so humbling. Uh, I lost it. I lost it. Syracuse, Charlotte. Uh, Springfield, Massachusetts, Mephrobes, uh, just Tennessee, Wilmington, Delaware, UK, Detroit, Maryland. Wow, wow, wow. Tulsa, that's where my old stumping grounds in college, South Carolina. VCC, what's going on in Florida? Palm Beach County, Hollywood, Florida, Brazil, Dominic Republic, Brooklyn. Uh, praying for Atlanta. What's going on in Atlanta? Trinidad. Coach, I didn't print my notes. It's okay. It's okay. Don't worry about it. You, the notes are available online. Brooklyn, D.C., Trinidad, Charlotte again. What's going on? Columbus, Maryland, 
Woo, y'all in here on today. Come on in. Come on in. Share. <clears throat> Get as many people. And here's Coral. What's up, man? VCC in the building. London, Orlando. Hope y'all doing sexual. Let's go ahead and get our syllabus out. We have about 137 people in the room. Nigeria. Oh, that's my father's my father's stomping ground. That's where I, the bloodline is inside of me. Philly. Hope y'all doing sexual. Let's get to our syllabus because I don't want to be for you all too long. But share, like the video, get everybody in here. Um, a lot of people have already said they're going to watch later because of the time zone difference. So I'm sure later on in the video, more people will come. St. Petersburg, Clarksville. This is humbling. This is exciting. The first lecture of the purpose of singleness. Let's get our syllabus out so we can do our homework. Make sure we do our um, due diligence so you'll know what's going on. First, we're going to talk about our course description real quickly. The purpose of singleness course is designed to help singles maximize their singleness for the glory of God. It is designed to help students do the following. Reinvigorate their personal issue with God. Number two, prune out all counterproductive habits. Number three, be precise on what the will of God is for their life. Number four, prepare for promotion. And number five, be prudent individuals for the rest of their lives. The whole purpose of this course is to help you guys first, number one, reinvigorate your personal issue with God. Number two, to prune out all counterproductive habits, meaning anything that's in your life right now, we're going to reverse those counterproductive habits that's keeping you from being who you need to be and maximize your singleness. Number three, we're going to be precise on the will of God uh, for your life. That's why I gave you guys that uh, personality um, test so that you can get to know yourself, get to know a little bit about yourself so that you can kind of help uh, a guide or allow the Holy Spirit guide you into, into who you need to be. Number four, prepare for promotion. No matter what, promotion is inevitable for those who prepare. And number five, be prudent or wise individual for the rest of their lives. The textbooks for the course and materials, real simple, the Holy Bible. The Holy Bible. Number one, um, for though it's not it's not a, it's not a required text, but it's a recommended text. The purpose of singleness. This book here, we're going to be going through throughout the course. Um, you can get the book on Amazon. Uh, everything else is self-explanatory. The course structure. Let's talk about that real quickly. The purpose of singleness course is an interactive, <clears throat> activity-based course. This course will span two platforms, YouTube and LifeWork, and will span approximately 78 weeks. That's three semesters. Each Thursday, myself will broadcast live here on YouTube at 7.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, unless otherwise noted. Let's keep going. All resources and worksheets will be emailed out every Wednesday through LifeWork for students to prepare for Thursday's interactive lecture. Um, a holistic developed plan, spirit, soul, and body will be available to all students enrolled on the LifeWorks site. And uh, let's keep going. Students learning outcomes. <clears throat> we already talked about that. The students learning objectives are as follows. Reinvigorate, recognize, be precise, develop, engage, exhibit prudence. We already talked about that. But you will meet these objectives above through a combination of the following activities of this course. My goal is to do my part. There's a part that you have to play in partnership with the Holy Spirit. Number one, commit to growing your relationship with God. Number two, watch every YouTube live video. Number three, work through all worksheets and activities. Number four, engage the holistic plan. And number five, rid all counterproductive uh, habits. The topic outline, then we're going to get into my notes. Below are the different points we will cover throughout this course. 
Each points within the sections two through four may not necessarily be covered in the order listed below, but the outcome will be the outline will be updated throughout the weeks and all changes and topics selections will be communicated beforehand to every student enrolled in the course through life work. This course has four sections and they are the purpose of singleness, the problems of singleness, the processes of singleness and the profitability of singleness. Again, this course has four parts, the purpose of singleness, the problems of singleness, the processes of singleness and the profitability of singleness. And the rest of those points, <clears throat> excuse me, are there on the syllabus. <clears throat> and this is the time you've been waiting for. Let's get into the notes. I hope y'all are doing exceptionally well. I hope y'all excited. Let's get right into it. For those who are who were on life work, you already got your uh, your notes. Um, these these notes are very thorough. Um, yeah, how do we sign up? Go to lifework.teachable.com. It's free. Go. That's right. Go to the description box. Uh, lifework.teachable.com. It is free. Enroll. And you can download this worksheet now because I have an exciting activity. I already have a student. I believe it's Tristan. I ain't going to say her last name, but Tristan has already got to her uh, singleness vision board. We'll talk more about that as we progress. And if you're watching this on YouTube, I want to say thank you so much for watching. If you're listening later, whether on Google Play, Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, <clears throat> excuse me, or Spotify, I want to say thank you all so much for listening. This is the Purpose of Singleness course, lecture one. If this is something that you are interested in or you're brand new to my channel, my name is Joshua Ezzi, also known as Coach Josh. Go ahead and sign up. My goal in life is to help you make sense of yours and to grow holistically for God's optimal use. Let's get to the notes. Your singleness has a purpose. Your singleness has a purpose. All questions, please hold them um, to the end of the session. And going forward, my goal is to serve those who has enrolled first. So on the on the page of each lecture, if you post your questions there, the first three questions, first two or three questions that I get on the life work page, I will answer in the video and then we'll progress. But since we haven't had that happen yet, at the end of this 45 minute or so session, um, I will open up maybe a 30 minute, 35 minute Q&A where I'm going to be answering all you guys' questions. So let's get right into it. Your singleness has a purpose. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for this opportunity you've given me um, to be a vessel that you use. I pray, Lord, that this vessel of clay will be uh, a vessel that is yielded to you, that will speak only what you have for me to say. Your great people, the singles watching me right now, or those who are in relationships, but they're kind of unsure about it. Lord, you know their purpose. And I pray as a, as a vessel in the gap for this generation of individuals of singleness, I pray, Father God, that you continue to use me to be the light, to be the, the resource by which you source through for me to equip them and prepare them for the assignments you have for them. I come against every demonic spirit, every principality, every witch, every warlock, anything that may be coming against myself, coming against these individuals who have signed up. I rebuke you now in the name of Jesus. I counsel your plots and schemes. They will. They will discover their purpose and fulfill it for the glory of God. And with that being said, I turn my attention back to you, Father. I thank the Lord for this opportunity. Like I always say, if you're not speaking through me, I'm wasting their time. So, Father, speak to me today. And she's never do pray. <clears throat> Amen. Let's get to it. First point in our notes, everything in life has a purpose, including your singleness. Everything in life has a purpose, including your singleness. Look at some definitions. We're going to get a little bit deep here. So let's get right into it. Let's look at the definition of purpose and single. The definition of purpose is 
the reason for which something is done or created for which something exists. The reason for which something is done or created or for which something exists. You have a purpose. I have a purpose. Every stage, every season of your life has a purpose. Every every ounce of your being, every decision, everything that God has purposed in your life has a purpose. God is the one who holds the purpose, the intent, the definition of everything. It is our responsibility to understand the severity and the seriousness when it comes to purpose. Any person who is not uh, purpose-driven is a person who's going to wander through life missing out on what God has purposed or predestined for them to do. Again, excuse me, the definition of purpose is the reason for which something is done or created. Let's look at the word single. The definition of single is this, only one not one of several, an original, not a copy. The definition of single is this, only one, not one of several, an original, not a copy. Right now, you are the only person like you. Not not necessarily like you, but you. You are the only version of yourself. It is unfortunate how many people have allowed the persuasions of society, the pressures of parents to cause them to go down a path that God never purposed them to go. So many singles right now have no clue of just how unique and wonderfully made they were. A lot of singles are navigating life completely unaware of God's intent. Do you know God has intentions for you? That when you was made in your mother's womb, he fearfully and wonderfully made you, meaning that he made you with unique fear and he made you with unique wonder, meaning that you're one of a kind. And so many singles and so many individuals, period, are navigating life completely unaware of who they are. Is that you? You are the only one like you period. There may be people who may have the same skill set. They may have the same talents. They may have whatever, but there is no one like you. If you look at your thumbprint right now, there was never a person before you. There was never, there's never, there's not a person now. And there's not a person in the future who has your thumbprint. You were created with the print. The Bible says, um, when, when God was creating man, he said, let us make man in our image and our likeness. You and I bear the image of God. My question to you is, do you bear his likeness? We bear his image, but do we bear his likeness? Right now, God is three in one, father, son, and spirit. Unity, cohesive together, working together for a common goal. Three in one. You and I are three in one, body, soul, and spirit. The difference between the two is God is not separate of himself or working against himself, but us, we are. And my question to you is, are you whole or are you full of holes? That's the theme or the substratum of this course is to examine our lives to ensure or ask ourselves the question, am I whole or am I leaking? Because why would God pour anything in your life if he knows it'll be wasted, if it'll be squandered? You are the only one like you. There's no other severals and God never intended for you to be a copy. Not only are you different, and an original and unique, but your singleness is unique. Let's keep going. The definition of purpose is the reason for which something is done or created. And the definition of single is only one, not one of several, meaning you are an original, not a copy. Let's get to the problem. 
Let's get to the problem for the first problem of this course. Many singles are miserable today due to them not knowing God in a deeper way. Many singles are miserable today due to them not knowing God in a deeper way and being aware of or engaging in their purpose. Many singles are miserable today due to them not knowing God in a deeper way and or and due to them not being aware of or engaging their purpose. Now, what does that mean? God desires to be known because when you know him, you know yourself. Every season of your life, God introduces you to the opportunity to get to know him. Isn't it interesting that the God who created everything in existence, the one who didn't have a beginning and one who sure doesn't have an end, this God who is vast and of his essence is invested in your life. So much so that he knows all the numbers. He knows the numbers of every hair that you have on your head. He knows the hair that you felt that fell off yesterday. He knows even my baldness. He knows everything about each and every one of us. But it's crazy how many of us in our singleness or in our lives or in our individuality do not take the opportunity to get to know him. God desires to be known. My question to you is, do you know him? So many people know about God, but they don't know him personally. God is not looking for people who can exegete his word, but, not, do, but do not enjoy his presence. He's not looking for more or more orators. He's not looking for more Christians. He's looking for more disciples, people who are willing to, to continue into his word to be proven to be his disciples indeed. Many singles or individuals are miserable today. Or the state of their misery is due to them not knowing God in a deeper way because the more you know God, contentment bursts and or are being aware of or engaging in a purpose. What helped me in my life, and trust me, my singleness wasn't, wasn't the joyous ones. There were moments where it was tough, but the pureness of my singleness and the, and, and, and the, and the beauty of my singleness birthed when all I had was God. Don't count it strange when God strips everyone and everything out of your life, but the, because he's stripping everything so that you can be face to face with him alone. The first thing that God attacks is the idols in your heart. Therefore, God is going to remove folks so that you can understand who he is and you can get to know yourself. Many of us find our misery when we don't understand our mission, we become miserable when we are uh, wanderers. And for my singleness, my, my when I was single, it, 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 I distracted myself because I got to know God, but I also got to know who I am, my purpose. Let's continue. Next point. Knowing the person of God, your personality and your purpose will make selecting your person and your path easier. Knowing the person of God, your personality, and your purpose will make selecting your person and your path easy. Now, what does that mean? When you take the time in your singleness to get to know God, which will birth contentment, get to know yourself, which will birth uh, character, and to get to know your purpose, which produces your craft into mastery, then everything in life becomes clear. Things become clear when everything is placed in order. When you get to know God and you say, God, listen, it's me and you, man. I love you. Listen, I'm not all the way happy with this. I'm not excited about this. But God, I know that if you are here with me, 
that I can face tomorrow because you live. I can face tomorrow. Do you understand that? Because Christ lives, you can face tomorrow. You can face the next day of your singleness. You can face the next year of your singleness because Christ lives. That's a blessing. That's important. Because he lives, you can face. Because he faced the cross, you can face your cross. Because he faced the, the adversity and because he faced anguish and persecution, you can face this life. I'm telling you as a living witness, the more you get to know the person of God and you get to know yourself. Let's break that down. Who you are is hidden in him. That's why it's interesting how many people are trying to find themselves in created things, but have yet to find themselves in a creator. Why try to determine your value or to try to find your identity in something that was handmade? You got to make sure you go to the one that made your you to find out who you are. And that's the beauty of life that God is saying, Man, I'm here. I want you to get to know me because when you get to know the person of God and his attributes, and that's what we're going to be doing during this course. We're going to get to know the attributes of God thoroughly. When you get to know his attributes, you get to know his ways. When you know his ways, you will know how to live. And when you know how to live, you will begin to see the mission of your life become clearer and your purpose become sweeter and brighter. And those three things will distract you from worrying, from waiting, from being curious, from settling. Is it easy? No. But is it worth it? Yes. Because when you do those three things, my friends, you will begin to recognize a counterfeit, the difference between a counterfeit and a counterpart. You will begin to have discernment. You will begin to have clarity. You will begin to recognize everything you need to know that pertains to you. More of this will be broken down later. Let's keep going. Now, what is singleness? I have some points. Um, I can't find my purpose if I don't find him first. That's right. You can't find your purpose until you find the person of God. We're not talking about his uh, uh, studying him and, and learning about him. We're talking about get to know him in a personal way. Now, what is singleness? I have some points here, and we're gonna and we're gonna break it down. Now, what is singleness? Point number one: the purpose of your singleness and the purpose of every stage of your life is to glorify God, period. The purpose of your singleness and the purpose of every stage of your life is to glorify God, period. Your goals, your grind, your gatherings, and your groups must all glorify God or your life will be vain or fruitless. Your life is not about your glory. Your life is not about this life. If it was, you would be the one to have to die on the cross for it. But because he sacrificed his life for you to live, your life is designed to live for his glory, not your own. Now, this God, that's, that's, that's only, he's not even demanding glory. God doesn't demand glory. He doesn't demand worship. He deserves it. Everybody's glorifying something. Everybody's worshiping something. But God is not out here like an egotistical being, an individual out here who's demanding worship and demanding glory. That's not God. Just by who he is, he deserves it. The Bible says it's in him that we live, move, and have our being. By default, by default, he deserves the glory. He doesn't demand it. He is not egotistical. He deserves it. And it's our responsibility to delegate that glory to him and understanding that because he died for me, because he wrapped himself in flesh and sent his son to live the life that I couldn't, to die the death that I should, 
giving me the righteousness that I need to be able to approach him boldly, to be able to have fellowship with the father again. We, 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 it is interesting how we have the audacity to believe that this life is ours. But when you have the frame of mind and you begin to see the picture within that frame of the beauty of the Lord Jesus and the purpose of life, you will begin to say, you know what? God hears minds. Not because God is demanding enough of, of it from you, but because by default, he deserves it. Your singleness in every stage of your life is to glorify God, period. Nothing else. There's nothing you add to it. There's nothing you subtract from it. He deserves the glory. Your goals, that mean your goals for 2020 or 2021, whenever you're watching this video, goals, your grind, that means your energy, your efforts, your gatherings, meaning you, what you reap from your grind or your groups, whether it's your family, your children. And like Joshua said, as far as me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Everything in life must be in the gaze of glorifying God or your life will be vain and fruitless. That is what distracts you from, from the problems of singleness. That's what distracts you from the worries of singleness or the anxiety of singleness. Singleness is a gift. Singleness and marriage, neither one is greater than the other. They are in, the, in, in their exclusive ways, <clears throat> purposeful and valuable. And when you understand that your purpose in life in every stage is to glorify God, it makes singleness weightier. It not, not burdensome, but it, it, it adds a weight. It adds a weight of value. Let's keep going. Number The next point, singleness is, is about preparing and finishing. Singleness is about preparing and finishing. Let's break this down. Singleness is not just about preparing for what's to come. It's about finishing what's in front of you. Singleness is about preparing and finishing. <clears throat> singleness is not just about preparing for what's to come, which is cool. Right now, you're preparing for what's to come, but also you got to finish what's in front of you. It's crazy how many of us, and I said this in chapter one of my book, Purpose of Singleness, how many of us try to skip steps. Every step you skip, you will find yourself back in front of that step. You can't skip steps with God. God's a God of decency and order. If you want God, uh, um, if you want things to be uh, uh, brought into your life, if you want things to be, be evident in your life, you got to get your house in order. Now, God has already built the house and laid the foundation who is Jesus. Everything else is based upon our cooperation and our heart's uh, renewal. When you get to that place where you are welcoming the Holy Spirit to renew your mind, you will begin to understand the importance of finishing what's in front of you while at the same time preparing what's, what's beyond you. So many people are so caught up in tomorrow that they're neglecting the day. And it's, and it's crazy how many of us have so many unwrapped presents. How many of us have thousands of days that have yet to be unwrapped because we focus on a day that's not promised. Those who worry about tomorrow procrastinate today. Those, okay, let me make it, make it plain. Those who believe tomorrow is promised 
procrastinate today. Those who believe that tomorrow's not promised are productive today. Meaning if you get so caught up on, I'll eventually get there or I want to get there so aggressively, you bypass the beauty and the importance of the day. The Bible says that this is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. There's not a day that God has made for your life that was made the same. That's why you cannot engage your days ritual, uh, ritualistic. You cannot engage your days the same. You got to engage your days through relationship because when you engage your every day that has been made by God, the Holy Spirit will move you in the right direction of that day to be able to find the treasure of the day that was made beforehand before you was even formed in your mother's room. And that's the beauty. Don't worry about tomorrow. Focus on today. Today has the promise. Today has the hope. Today has to give. The Bible says his mercies are made new every morning. Maximize the grace and mercy of the day. Maximize today. Singleness is about preparing and finishing. Well, I got 240 people. Hey, if you're here today, like the video. Let's get this video out there. Share it. Get this video out. Thank y'all so much for joining me. Singleness is about preparing and finishing. Singleness is not just about preparing for what's to come. It's about finishing what's in front of you. What is in front of you right now that you're neglecting? Because you can't advance until you address. So many people are trying to advance, but they have yet to address. Whatever you do not address now will undress you later. Listen to me. Whatever you do not address later will undress you and embarrass you later. That's why you got to do your part right now to say, God, what is it in front of me <clears throat> in my singleness, in my life that I need to address right now? Because, God, I do not want what I'm neglecting now to undress me later and expose my my laziness, to expose my lack of mastery, to expose my sin. Listen, man, God has graced you with this singleness because marriage, ministry, money management, whatever it is that's in the mission of your life is, is too valuable to whine <clears throat> and complain and to be not productive and still stuck in the same cycles all the days of this singleness. Okay. Your singleness, singleness is about preparing and finishing. Singleness is not just about preparing for what's to come. It's about finishing what's in front of you. Next point. Singleness is a season and an off season at the same time. Singleness is a season off. That means that you're in season right now, but you're off season of marriage. You're not, you, you're in off season, which means you're in season. I mean, you got to play. Points count. <clears throat> These days count. Your production counts. What you do today counts, count, it counts. So you in season while at the same time you off season. That's an, an analogy. I'm just trying to give you information, I'm trying to break it down as thin as possible that you can't get so caught up of, well, I'm single. Well, I don't have nobody. No, you got to say, no, I'm in season right now, right? These days count because if I count, if I make today count, Instead of counting the days, then when it's time for me to be tested, when it's time for me to be pruned, when it's time to be for me to be proven, I will be a person that's able to rightly divide the word. I'm able to prove that I'm qualified and ready, not just for wedding. So many people are, are they prepare for the wedding, they prepare for the promotion, but they do not prepare for what's required beyond. I think my light is shining too bright. There we go. 
So, so many people, they care so much about a moment, but not the moments beyond their moments. Okay. Y'all learning something? Y'all all right? I can't even hear y'all. <clears throat> but anyway, <laughs> singleness is a season and an off season. Man, fix this light. There we go. There we go. Singleness is a season and an off season at the same time. You're engaging and preparing at the same time. I love this point. Your engagement is preparation. Now, what does that mean? As you engage your singleness with God, as you're engaging the pruning phase, as you engage, your engagement is preparation. As you engage, by me engaging in my calling, by me engaging in God, uh, uh, it prepared me. Now I have... 12 residual uh, streams of income. Um, um, because I engage my purpose, um, I'm not caught up in lust or pornography. I'm not caught up in my old childish ways because I engage the pruning phase. As I engage life, as I engage my singleness, it prepared me. Many people are, are, are wasting their time, not working their time. You got to work your time. It don't matter what's not in your life or what's in your life. You got to work this time. Because if you sit back waiting, waiting for something, that you're not improving to the person that you need to be for the thing that's coming. Your engagement is preparation. Engage before you turn the page. Don't try to turn the page to marriage and you settle for someone that's not for you. You settle and you turn the page instead of engaging the chapter that you're carrying on. I love the scripture that says that Jesus is the author and the finisher of our faith. Don't be discouraged about the chapter you're on now. If God has the pen, just because this chapter <clears throat> and the previous chapters were crazy and you're like, whoa, what is going on? Thank God you're not holding the pen. God is holding the pen. Man, there was almost committed suicide twice, twice, not almost, contemplated suicide. I was so depressed. You know why I was depressed in a period of my singleness? Because I idolized my ministry. I idolized, I idolized the life that I wanted to have. And anything that you put above God will break you. And God will break those idols so those idols won't break you. And, and as I navigate life, I'm so glad I didn't settle in the wrong relationship. I'm glad I didn't even, I didn't even jump into marriage in my current marriage before the time. Because listen, just like a, a, a video game console or anything or a program that's loading on your computer, what does it say? Do not turn off the computer. Do not turn off this device while the, while the process is loading. You're loading right now. But so many people turn off and they're 40% loaded. There's 60% more that you were supposed to get in this phase. There was 64% of preparation of modules of testing. But so many people due to impatience. And you're right. It is easy to be impatient because of impatience. They don't give themselves time to be fully loaded. You got to you got to allow the loading process to have its purpose. If you allow the, the loading to have its full, you will be fully loaded. You see what I'm saying? You will be fully loaded and ready, full of vigor, full of vibrancy, full of purpose because you did not settle. Everybody else can do it. Let them do it. Everybody else is 40% loaded, 20% loaded, 60% loaded. If you're 99% loaded and you turn off your device, it can cause disruption. Man, those last two counseling sessions, what my wife and I went through, 
life changing, game changers. That if we would have got married before those gems my our pastors gave us, man, who knows what we'll be today. So you got to give yourself an opportunity and you can't, we are not wise enough to determine when we're ready. Only God knows when you're ready. Let's keep going. Your engagement is preparation. Engage before you turn the page. Do not turn the page of your life without in first engaging the page that God wants you on. Are you on the same letter and the same sentence on the same paragraph that God is on? Or that God wants you on. Don't read ahead of God. Don't read behind God. Matter of fact, let God do the reading. Because when you let God do the reading, everything makes sense. When you let God do the reading, you will be able to comprehend your life. Next point. Singleness is not about marriage, but the mission God has for your life. Got to get that clear. Singleness is not about marriage, but the mission for your life. So many people think their singleness is the prerequisite to marriage. No, it's the foundation of purpose. Singleness is not the prerequisite of marriage, even though it does come before marriage. It is the foundation of purpose. So many people in their singleness is so focused on marriage. They're so focused on marriage that they're not, they have no clue of the mission that God wants them to have. What is your personal mission statement? What is God's mission for your life? It don't matter what marriage is. Your marriage will self-destruct. It will, it will, it will cave in. If you don't know your personal mission, let's break that down. Singleness is not about marriage, but the mission God has for your life. And feel free to utilize the hashtag, the purpose of singleness throughout this course, throughout these teachings. If you hear a quote that that impacted you, if you heard something that you want to share, share it. Get out there on your Instagram, on your Twitter. Let's get more people into this course so that we can help more people. Utilize the hashtag, the purpose of singleness. Uh, uh, share whatever thing, anything that was profound to you. We greatly appreciate it. Singleness is not about marriage, but the mission God has for your life. Your mission has within it everything God has purposed for you. Your mission has your marriage. It has your money. It has your children. It has your ministry. Your merit, your mission holds everything else. Because I, because I was clear on who God made me to be, I met the right one. It's that simple. My marriage, the money, the children, the opportunities, the platforms, everything that God has in my life is in his mission for my life. What is God's mission statement for you? Who's the who, what, when, where, why of your life? Who are you? Where where are you? Where does God want you to be? What is your scope? What is, who are you supposed to, who, who are the people group you're supposed to impact? When are you supposed to do it? All these things count because when you know the mission of your life, you'll be in the right city. You'll be in the right state. You'll be at the right job. You'll be at the right apartment. You'll be at the right grocery store because you are in mission. If you are not missional in your singleness, you won't you won't respect the mission of your marriage. Everything has an order until you become a, a boy becomes a man. A man becomes if his mission life becomes a husband, a husband then becomes a father, then et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. A girl becomes a woman, a woman becomes a, a wife, a wife becomes a mother, et cetera. There's an order to things. If I don't know the mission of my life, even down to the age of 12, 
That's why I, the reason why many of us are where we are or were where we was, was because we were not about our father's business at 12 and we wasn't trained accordingly. Jesus was about his father's business at 12. The unfortunate thing about many of us, our parents didn't groom us. Our parents didn't train us. We got distracted. We got insecure. We were abused. That's why the devil tries to abuse you or abnormally use you in your formative years. Because if he can abuse you during your formative years, you will develop or formulate a vain thought processes that will determine the course of your life, hoping to bring death in your life in every area of your life. That's why the devil does doesn't want you to know who you are because who you are is in you. You can't shake who you are. But the sad thing is who we are is up under all the junk that was that was placed in our life or we welcomed into our life. 12 is the age where we should be as for our children at least grooming them, helping them understand the fear of God because it's the fear of God that produces wisdom. And helping them understand everything. But thank God that even if you're 33, 47, uh, uh, 18, 23, God can redeem the time. If you could just repent and welcome the the the, the, the work of the Holy Spirit in your life and, and allow salvation to be, it be sealed, man, it doesn't matter how much time you waste. You can start right now. And today going forward could be the best days and years of your life. I'm telling you. The devil wants you not to formulate what was already formed in you because he knows you will become formative against his kingdom because of the spirit of God that's breathing life in your purpose. Your marriage, your money, don't worry about that. Focus on the mission of God. Listen, I don't just want to be an image bearer. I want to be like him. Yes, I was created in his image. Yes, you was created in his image. But man, I want to be like him. I want to be like God. You see what I'm saying? I want to be like him in every area of my life. That's the beauty of it. You get the opportunity to say, God, I want to be more like you because when you become more like him, you will be likable in your marriage. You will be likable in life. Not necessarily the approval of people, but the favor of God will surround you like a shield and people will be drawn to you because you bear his image. He said, if I be lifted up, then he'll draw on me. Don't just be an image bearer. That's right. Trust the process. How do you find the mission of God? Let me see that's in my notes. How do you find the mission of God? We'll get there. I got a lot of points here. We'll get there. Follow me. We'll get there. Let's keep going for time. So I'm going 42 minutes. I already, I already met my quota almost. Next point. If you don't have a mission for your singleness, you will be a wanderer throughout life. If you listen, your purpose puts parameters around you. Because of my purpose, I don't do stuff. I don't do certain things because of my purpose. And your purpose is in you. What are the things you like? What are the things that you see on TV, see around you that you just have a burden for, the people that you want to help? Your purpose is in you. We'll get to that pretty soon. If you don't have a mission for your singleness, you will be a one throughout life. That's why with the activity today that I want you to do throughout the next couple of weeks, you will be able to, to really become, at least get into the proximity of who you are. Next point, your singleness is unique and it has no equal. Your singleness is unique and it has no equal. My singleness has its own story. My singleness, my past singleness had its own story. Your singleness has its own story. There's no two single people the same. Your singleness is unique. 
because you had a unique past. You have a unique personality. You have a unique purpose. You see what I'm saying? Your singleness is unique and has no equal. If you're one of a kind, then your singleness is one of a kind. See what I'm saying? Let's keep going. Now we're going to break down some scripture. Real Now, real quickly, I'm going to take my time. Whatever I don't finish today, we'll bring it back next week. We're going to break down Romans 12, 1 through 2. Romans 12, 1 through 2. Let me just go through these. What is singleness real quick? What is singleness? The purpose of your singleness and the purpose of every stage of your life is to glorify God. Your goals, your grind, your gatherings, and your groups must all glorify God or your life will be vain or fruitless. Number two, singleness is about preparing and finishing. Singleness is not just about preparing for what's to come. It's about finishing what's in front of you. Number three, uh, uh, yeah, number three, singleness is a season and an off season at the same time. You're engaging and preparing at the same time. Your engagement is preparation. Engage before you turn the page. Next point, singleness is not about marriage, but the mission God has for your life. Your mission has within it everything God has purposed for you. Marriage, money, children, ministry, etc. all within the mission of God in your life. If you don't have a mission for your singleness, you will be a wanderer throughout life. Next point, your singleness is unique and it has no equal. If you're one of a kind, then your singleness is one of a kind. Now let's break down some text and get into the word of God and see what he has for us. One of my favorite scriptures, probably the first one, first chapter that I was introduced was in my sixth grade class at Cramington Christian Academy with Miss King. And for the whole school year, my sixth grade year, we had to recite the whole chapter of Romans 12. And so Romans 12 is a very, very beautiful text. It means a lot to me uh, because that was around the age where I was really, um, um, really had no choice of time, but really was engaged with God. The text says, I beseech you, therefore, brother, or I appeal to you, therefore, brothers. Now, brothers here means fellowship, sisters and brothers, by the mercies of God to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your reasonable or spiritual worship or reasonable service. Verse two, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind that by testing you may discern what is the will of God what is good and acceptable and perfect. I appeal to you, therefore, brothers and sisters, by the mercies of God, that you present your body as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that by testing and discerning, that so that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good, acceptable, and perfect. Let's break this down. Questions. Every single must ask themselves that's evident in Romans 12. Before you can get to the mission of God, you got to deal with the madness of your soul. Because in the, allowing the Holy Spirit dealing with the madness of your soul and the insecurities and inadequacies, will your mission become clear? Questions every single person must ask themselves that's evident in this text. Number one, do you truly understand the mercies of God? Do you truly understand the mercies of God? Number two, what are you really presenting? What are you really presenting in body, soul, and spirit? Number three, what are you willing to sacrifice in order to live? Number four, are you holy? And who or what do you serve in worship? Next point, is your mind conforming or transforming? Next point, do you know how to test and discern what the will of God is? What is good, acceptable, and perfect? 
and your answers to these questions will reveal the state of your singleness. Number one, do you truly understand the mercies of God? The Bible says that his mercies are new every morning, that grace and mercy, David says, shall follow me in Psalms 23 all the days of my life. It is because of the mercy of God that you are able to do. Mercy means this, that God is withholding what you deserve. No one is perfect. Everything you do is imperfect outside of the help of the Holy Ghost. And it's God's mercy that are new every morning. God already knows the mistakes you're going to make. He already knows what you're going to do. But because he loves you and because he has grace for you, not to give you license to sin, but he gives mercy because God knows you're going to make mistakes today. But because I chose you, that no man chose me, but God drew them to Christ. Since no one chose him, God says, my mercies are new for you because I know that even though you're riding the bike of life and you fall often, I already know in my providential per, per, a way of seeing things that you will eventually ride. That's what I love, the patience of God, that God is merciful. And in order for me to maximize my singleness, I must embrace his mercy. God, I am not deserving of your mercy. I'm so grateful that, that you had mercy on my soul to draw me away from the jaws of this world system, to save me and to make me your son and daughter, to, 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 to give me a hope, a future and a destiny. And God, thank you that your mercies are new. That doesn't mean I make mistake after mistake, but because God is gracious, that the wrath of God is being withheld from me because of the blood that's on the doorpost of my life. That's why Jesus, a uh, uh, God, sent the angel to put blood over the doorpost of the children of Israel. It didn't matter if there was a person being the, uh, a person that was still dealing with sin and, and going through lifestyle changes or whatever. That that because the blood was on the doorpost, that death angel passed. I'm so glad that through my singleness, the blood was on my doorpost. That in my marriage. The blood is on my doorpost that the deaf angels and demonic spirits can't get a grip on me because of the blood of the lamb. And when you understand that mercy of God, ooh, you will maximize your singleness because you don't even deserve to. You don't even deserve the life you have. You don't even deserve to breathe the breath you breathe. And imagine if God uh, charged us a half a cent for every breath we took. We all have been dead by the age of three. But because his mercy, because he's withholding the wrath that I deserve because of his son's blood. God knows your mistakes. God ain't stupid. He sees your sins. And the Bible says he chases those whom he loves. And if you want your life to be orderly, you got to get your house in order. You got to cleanse your hands. You got to prepare yourself. You got to position yourself. Not because to now you're not doing it to be loved. You're not doing it to be forgiven. You're not doing it to be righteous, but you inspired. You are inspired by God's love, moved by his mercy, uh, uh, shaken by his care. And that, that makes you want to live a, a sacrificial life. It, it spawns it because you didn't initiate it. God's love is so good. We're talking about God's true love. We're talking about God's tender and tough love coupled together. It's so effective and good. The Bible says his perfect love casts out all fear. When you welcome the love of God in your life, man, you will see the purpose of every stage of your life and your singleness will be a blessing. You will look at your singleness and be like, you know what? I see why I'm single. 
When you see God's mercy and you compare, see the problem with most people is the reason why they hate their singleness because they're looking at to the left and the right. You will never grow looking horizontally. You always grow looking vertically. If you compare your life horizontally to everyone else, you either be caught up in pride or you'll be pushed down to depression. But if you keep your eyes looked to the hills which come of your help and the help coming from the Lord, man, you keep your eyes and your life thinking on things above. Anytime you even think about becoming in pride, you look to heaven and be like, I'm humbled because only in him that I live, move, have I been. When you look up to heaven and you feel low, you will be able to have the mighty presence of God lift up your head to reveal to you that you are loved and his. That's important, the mercies of God. Every single person must ask themselves, do they understand the mercies of God? That because, now, now, now listen, we talk, this is for the believer. If you're not saved today, there's no, that, there's, what can God do for you? These are, this is for his sons and daughters, but thankful, thank God that he didn't wish, <clears throat> that he wished above all that every man be saved, realistically understanding that not everyone will be, but Jesus' death was enough to pay the payment for all, even though all will not accept. But today you can have salvation. Today is the day of salvation. All you have to do is from a genuine, humble heart, ask the God, the, the creator himself to say, reveal yourself to me. And I promise you, he will. Every single must ask himself, do they understand the mercies of God? The mercies of God and the grace of God that follows me every day, his graces and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. That it doesn't matter when I fall. I know that I fall in grace and mercy. But that grace and mercy doesn't keep me down. That grace and mercy teaches me how to move better the next day. Because when you really appreciate God's grace and his mercy, his grace means he's giving you He's giving you something you don't deserve. His mercy is keeping away something you do deserve. That's the difference. Simultaneously, as you walk through life, God is giving you something you don't deserve and withholding something you do deserve. That's grace and mercy. And when you're mindful of that, you respect you respect him more because you know everything that's given to you. God, I just made a mistake yesterday. God said, I know. But here's my grace because it's my goodness that draws you to repentance. It's my goodness that draws you to a deeper mind renewal. And when and when you do make a mistake and, and, and you see this, this force field keeping the wrath from you, it humbles you. Because if you look back and see what you deserve, man, you will serve, you'll serve differently. The next question every single must ask themselves, what are you really presenting? We'll break all these different things, these things down over the next seven, eight weeks. <clears throat> it's just a beginning video. What are you really presenting? Come on, y'all. You can fake, you can fake before people, but you can't fake before God, before God. You can fake in front of people. I'm so glad it's a blessing to you. Uh, you need to definitely, I know God has revealed the right church home for you. Um, but what I'm saying is. You can fake me. You can fake other people. But let me tell you something real. Recognize real. You can't fake the real deal. You can't fake God. It's crazy how we we try to we fake in front of others, but are bare naked before God. God knows your intentions before you even get the idea to have an intention. God knows your moves before you even get the mindset to even focus on a move to be made. God knows everything. And when you recognize that, the fear of God will grip you. Not the fear of, oh, he's the boogeyman. No, reverence. That fear means reverence. When you reverence something, your actions are limited. 
when you lack reverence, your actions are limited. Why limitless? Why do you think they're pumping so hard the grace, the love, the grace, the love, the grace and the love of God, but not the chastening or the pruning of God? The reason why they're doing that is because if God is Santa Claus, you don't respect. Now ask any kid, any kid who has a parent that gives them everything they want, they disrespect that parent. And we act like God is beneath parents, that God is beneath the parents that he has molded. No, 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 no. God is a God that deserves respect. The same God that cherishes you is the same God that would chasing you. The same God that loves you would be the same God that would, that would prune you. This, this modern day church, thank you, wants to spoil you wants you to have the wrong, wants to spoil your mind and your thinking becomes stinking, stinking thinking. And so that you'll be thinking this God owes you something. God don't owe you nothing. Ooh, we got to get to a better place where we fear God. And that fear draws into a place of wisdom, man, rotten fruit. What are you really presenting? Is your body ready for the next stage of your life? Is your emotion, is your mind ready for the next stage of your life? Is Are you spiritually discerning to ready, ready for the next stage of your life? What are you really presenting? Because you will present yourself to a husband, present yourself to a wife, present yourself to a, a, to, a, to, a to the next stage of your life. But God looking at you like you're not ready. You're not ready. What are you presenting? And when you stop lying to yourself and become honest with yourself, you begin to help yourself. The Holy Ghost will now be introduced and will be allowed to help you. What are you truly presenting? Is your body conditioned? Is your mind conditioned? Are your emotions conditioned? Is your spirit conditioned? Are you ready for persecution? Are you ready to endure like a good soldier? Are you ready to endure hardship? Are you willing to let patience have her perfect work? If you're not ready to do that, don't expect nothing from God. Well, I'm talking about in regards to the next level of your life. Grace and mercy, you got that. But when it comes to husband, wife, promotion, opportunities, you're not going to be able to get that in your life. So what are you really presenting? What are you really presenting? God knows you down to your bone marrow. He knows you down to your cell level. Man, third question, what are you willing to sacrifice to live? The Bible says, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercy of God. Paul was appealing. He was pleading. He's like, yo, y'all folks at Rome, hear me. I appeal to you. I plead to you, brothers, family. That's me right now. I'm appealing to you. By the mercies of God, because God is merciful, he allowed me to appeal. And because of his mercies, you can actually, actually welcome the appeal to present your bodies, your bodies, your whole self as a living sacrifice. Number three, what are you willing to sacrifice to live? What are you willing to sacrifice to live is important. The Bible says present your bodies a living sacrifice. What is living and what is dying right now in your life? You have two natures about yourself that's warring against itself, your old man and your new man. I won't even say your old man. Your old man is dead. Old ways, old thinking, all right? Old ways, old thinking, fighting and wrestling against renewed ways and renewed thinking. In order to, to position yourself to discern and test, you got to make sure that you are willing to sacrifice any and everything that's not like God. 
so that the real you can live, the you that the Holy Spirit wants to live will live. What are you willing to sacrifice to live? What are you willing to die to kill in your life? The Bible says mortify the deeds of the flesh, kill your flesh daily. What are you willing to sacrifice in order to live? Next point, are you holy and who or what do you serve and worship? Holy means set apart. Holy, holiness means I'm only being used by God. God doesn't want a tool in his toolbox that the devil has fingerprints on. God is not going to use a tool that the devil just used yesterday. You got to ask yourself, who is using me? I'm exclusive to God. You are exclusive to God. Your singleness is exclusive to him. And when you understand, like the Bible says, as a, as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service, your spiritual worship. That's, God said, that's your reasonable service. That's like, like, and it's crazy how many of us looking for kudos from God when God, that's what you're supposed to do. Don't be looking for kudos from me. Don't be looking for a pat on the back. That's what you're supposed to do. That's like me coming to the, on the first of the month to my wife. Babe, guess what, babe? I paid the bill. I paid rent today. I paid the lease today. And I'm looking at her, waiting on her to give me a pat on the back. She ain't going to pat me on the back. That's what I'm supposed to do. No, 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 no. That's what I'm supposed to do. This is my reasonable, sir, because of the mercy that God has placed in my life, because of the salvation of my life. It's, it is reasonable for me to live set apart. It is reasonable. God said, this is your spiritual worship. The Bible said, those who worship must worship in spirit and truth. Another text said, this is your reasonable worship. This is your reasonable service. That's like, no, it, nobody should be coming to you asking for praise. That's, and they, and at the, they're at the baseline of their requirements. That's what you're supposed to do through the help of the Holy Ghost and the mercies of God. Are you wholly set apart? And who or what do you serve and worship? What are you worshiping? No matter what, everything gets worship. Everybody's worshiping something. Your worship is what you live for. Worship is not just a lifting up of hands. Worship is not just going to a church. Worship is your life. Whatever you are living for is what you worship in. What are you living for? Because if you living for God's glory and you living for kingdom advancement, and you living to get home, which is heaven, and you're not living to, to make this your home, no matter what stage you find yourself, you'll see the beauty in it. Next point, is your mind conforming or transforming? Verse two says, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Right now, every question, every single has to ask a question. Is my mind conforming to the image of the world or is it transforming into the image of God? Who are you most like? Are you more like the devil or are you more like God? Jesus told the Pharisees, you of your father, the devil, who's fathering you? Is, are you allowing God to father you or are you allowing the devil in his world system to father you? Right now, you got to look at the state of your mind. Look at your mind right now. It says, where, where am I headed? Do I look more like God or look more like this world? Do I, look, do, do, do I even look like what I profess? Look at your lifestyle. What do you do? What, 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 what habits are you practicing? What sinful lifestyles? I don't care what these other preachers are telling you. You know what I'm saying? If you continue in sin, that grace abound. The Bible says, God forbid. Like people who think, there's a lot of people right now who think they're saved and not even close. The Bible says you got to examine yourself. Examine and see if you even in the faith. 
Is your mind conforming or transforming? Next point. Do you know how to test and discern what the will of God is, what is good, what is acceptable, and what is perfect? That is key. God wants to groom you as a single person to the place of maturity where you're able to test and discern. If you're not at the place to test and discern, that means you don't understand the mercies of God. You're presenting wrong. You're 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 living you you're, uh, you're not sacrificing for the glory of God. You're you're being used by the world. Your mind is conforming because my goal in this course and through the help of the Holy Ghost is to position you with the tools you need to equip you with the tools that you need, where you able to test every spirit, test your the fruit, and test yourself so that you will be able to discern. See, we are supposed to test everything by the Spirit of God. How can you test things with by the Spirit of God if you don't if you don't uh, fellowship with the Spirit of God? And that's one of our first points in the profitabilities or the process of singing that we're going to talk about is fellowship with the Holy Spirit and its importance. But do you know how to test and discern what the will of God is, what is good, acceptable, and perfect? Those are four things that you have to be equipped, and God is gracious with the opportunity to be equipped to test and discern. Test means the evidence of God's word, the evidence of my past and the Holy Spirit's workings. I'm going to use all of these evidences to test this person to test this job, to test this season so I can discern it. Many of us, we just, we just, we just, we just grab things. He's cute. I'm with him. She bad. I'm with her. That looks good. I'm in it. I don't care. Just because it looks good doesn't mean it's good for you. How many of us are guilty of welcoming things that we didn't test first? People who do not test things first are people who desires uh, things too much. When you overly desire something, you won't have time to test it. You got to be so poised and patient and content in God so that you're able to say, you know what? Because I'm dependent on God, because I'm developing God, I'm desperate for nothing. You, The level of your contentment is predicated on your level of desperation. If you're not dependent on God, you'll be desperate for anything. Because you don't know God, I'm desperate for a relationship. So, well, he tall, so I guess I'll take him. Okay, I mean, she she, she just got saved, so I guess I'll take her to hurry up. No, 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 no. You got to be able to say, because I'm content in God, because I trust God, because I know he has, I know he knows what's best and has what's best for me, I'm going to take my time to test everything and discern. Discernment comes from devotion. The more you devote yourself to God, the more you dive deep into God. The Bible says deep cries out of the deep. The spirit of God searches the deep things of God. The more your devotion increases, the more your discernment increases, and you will be at a moment's notice to be able to spot the will of God. But not everybody's there yet. You have to grow to that place and you got to let God grow and groom you there. But my heart is for you to get to a place where you're able to be poised enough and in love with God enough and dependent on him enough to where you don't desperately need anything because you fully, you fully have everything. Right now, as a single person, if you have God, you have more than a married person who doesn't have God in the midst. It's better to be single with God than to mingle without him. It's better to say, I have enough with him. Those who know 
they have everything are not desperate for anything. When you have God, why be desperate? <laughs> because if it's my time, it's my time. If it's not my time, thank God it's not my time. That means I got more work to improve. Your answer to these questions, do you truly understand the mercy of God? What are you really presenting? What are you willing to sacrifice in order to live? Are you holy or what or who? Are you serving worship? Is your mind conforming or transforming? Do you know how to test and discern the will of God, good, what is good, acceptable and perfect? Your answers to these questions will reveal the state of your singleness. This is just an introductory message, lecture that kind of give you some a good grip on things. Next point, our success in this life is predicated on our ability to test and discern the will of God, what is good, acceptable, and perfect. Many people are searching for the will of God, capital W, but don't want to go to the word of God to see their daily wills. They want the big wills, but they don't want to, the little wills. You see what I'm saying? They want the big wills, but they don't, they don't, they don't understand the little wills, the little wills. These are actually big wills, but they're, but they're in the word of God. They're daily wills. If you want to know the will of God, you got to know the word of God. If you want to grow to a place where you know the will of God, you got to get to know the word of God. What is good? Just because... When Jesus was asked, I forgot who he's asked by, he says, um, good teacher. He's like, there's only one good, and that's God. And people look at that and be like, well, Jesus right there proved that he wasn't God. No, no, no. He was testing, I think, the rich young ruler or whoever it was, because that dude was like, I kept all the law. And so he was calling Jesus good. But he's saying, you know what? You calling me good teacher, but, but until you recognize me as God, you won't understand what goodness is. And when we as singles, well, not me, I'm married, but we as individuals, married or single, must understand what is really good. Yeah, the rich young dude. It was the rich young. Okay. Recognize, yo, just because it was good for them doesn't mean it's good for me. You got to get, you got to allow God to groom you on singleness where you're able to recognize what is really good. Also, what is acceptable? Just what, what is acceptable as 15 ain't going to be acceptable at 25. We got to put away childish things. Just because it's acceptable at 25 doesn't mean it's acceptable at 35. The more you grow in God, you'll be able to discern what's acceptable. Like when I got married, there were just certain things not acceptable. Listen, I got a PS4, but I only play like once a year. And that's when I only play when my nephew's over. <laughs> it is not acceptable for me to be playing 2K all day. It is not acceptable. It was acceptable at 25. Not even at 25 was acceptable. It may have been, it was acceptable at 13. But the older you get, some things are just not acceptable if you're ready to advance to the next level. You got to be able to be to be able to allow the Holy Spirit to groom you to be able to discern what's acceptable. Certain language in marriage is not acceptable. Certain ways in the next phase of your life is just not acceptable. You want promotion, but you're you still practicing things that 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 the person that will hire you will fire you for. That, that's why promotion comes from God. God really is the one that promotes you because he knows what he's pruned out of you. And what is perfect. Do you know that there's a perfect way to handle everything? And the more you fellowship with God, you will be able to handle things perfectly. And if you don't handle things perfectly, you'll be able to rebound perfectly. The process of this success is to understand and accept the mercies of God, desire to present him and his work in our lives to others, live sacrificially, engage his holy presence and let that spawn holy living. I want to make that plain. We were made holy through salvation. 
It is when we are aware of that holiness that our lifestyle becomes holier. It will spawn, inspire holy living. It will spawn righteous living because our righteous position. Because I have been made the righteousness of Christ Jesus, I am positioned as righteous. Just because I'm positioned as righteous doesn't mean that I have everything right inside of me. What do you mean by that, coach? Rebound perfectly. What I mean by that is, let's say if you got an argument with someone and you didn't handle it perfectly. The Holy Spirit will have you come back and rebound perfectly. You may have said the wrong thing, but the Holy Spirit will have you come humble and say, you know what? Even though I don't feel like apologizing, even though I don't feel like I'm going to rebound perfectly, even though even if I, I will rebound perfectly, despite me not handling it perfectly in the beginning. You see what I'm saying? I know. Good night, Robin. Thank you for joining me so far. The video will post. The video will post after this, so it'll be available for you. Engage his holy presence. Let that spawn holy living. That because of my righteous position in Christ, it is through my willingness to allow the Holy Spirit to my mind that I will then have righteous living in my life. Next point, I will welcome transformation by wanting to think differently. That because I have been inspired by the love of God and his spirit has been sealed in me, I now want to think differently. Because I don't want to be conformed to this world. The world has lost its savor. The world has lost its appeal. And now I want to go and be the real deal. And last but not least, I have to be willing to be patient. I have to be willing to be patient. Your singleness has a purpose. And it's hidden in the person of God. I can give you 15 ways, 17 ways, 28 ways to maximize your singleness. But until you meet that first step and saying, God, I know nothing. I live my life like I know nothing. And I stay connected to the person who knows everything. That's real success. Having a humble heart to know to say, you know what, God? I trust you. Do you trust him? Trust the Lord with all your heart. Lean not to your understandings and all your ways acknowledge him. He'll make your path straight. Uh, don't worry about the next phase. Engage this phase of your life. Your singleness has a purpose. And I'm telling you, it's found in God. Because when you get to know him, you get to know yourself. When you get to know yourself, you get to know your purpose. When you get to know your purpose, selecting your person and selecting your path will become easy. That finishes the first Notes. I went an hour and 14 minutes on notes. I have an activity. It's probably my first and last time telling y'all the activity on YouTube. I may allude to it because these points are for those who have enrolled in my course. I have enrolled on my course site, lifework.teachable.com. I just saw a person says, how do we email you, coach? Go to my website, imunplugged.com. Message me there or I will be a lot of my attention will be on LifeWork. So you can go to LifeWork right now and and, um, and engage there. Um, what else was I going to say? Uh, but yeah, these activities are for those who haven't been enrolled. And, and y'all going, I mean, um, what I'm about to go over right now for y'all is, is important. And these are things that I practice in my singleness, things that God had uh, had me to go through. You see what I'm saying? Um, to help me uh, or position me to be where I am today. Uh, like I said, marriage is not the goal. Thank you so much for giving. Marriage is not the goal. The mission of God must be a uh, 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 West main thing because when you know the mission, the mission will carry over to every phase of your life. Now, your life work activity, 
I'm going to read this and you can do this. And for those who's joining me, 254 people, let's like this video. Let's get this video up because this video will be posted on YouTube and more people be impacted by it. This week, I want you to develop a singleness vision board. Listen to me. I want you to develop a singleness vision board. You can get you a poster. You can do. You can just do a wall. You can be as creative as possible. I want you to create a singleness vision board. On this board, I want you to write down everything that makes you unique and what you would like to achieve or add to your life during this singleness period. I want you to post on this board creatively all of your favorite things and why, like your favorite color, food, place to visit, places to go, because each of these things reveal who you are and possibly what you are here to do. What I mean by that, I want you to get a board. I just want you to have fun. Be creative. Set a vision. Put it somewhere where you can see every day. This is the vision for my singleness. This is the purpose of my singleness. And throughout the course, you may, you're going to add some things there. You may take some things off there. But this is a place where you can say, this is my vision for my singleness. You can get a magazine, you can get stuff, cut things out, add to it what you want to get from your singleness. Um, I want you to write down what makes you you, uh, put things on that vision board that, that makes you unique. Uh, or the reason why I say your favorite color, because green is was always my favorite color and green reveals a part of my purpose. You are attracted, you are attracted to things that reveals your purpose. So your favorite color is not just your favorite color for no reason. You like water for you don't just like water for no reason. You just don't like uh, 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 helping certain people for just no reason. You are drawn to what you're supposed to draw out for others to find purpose. You see what I'm saying? Because each of these things reveal who you are and your and possibly what you are here to do. I also want you to put on this board all the things you would like to achieve during this period and what your goals are that are that will aid in the future mission God has for you. This is a fun activity. All I want you to do is just have fun. We'll get to the serious stuff a little bit later. I just want you to take some time to just develop a vision board and say, this is what I want for my singleness. This is what I want to have in my life to add to add to my future spouse, to my future calling, to whatever else God has for me. This is what I want to have evident in my life. I want to be a, I want to be a, a better uh, 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 person. I want to be a better, you can add extra skills. I want to be a better cook. I want to be a better uh, a writer. I want to be a better communicator. Just creatively put on, I want to be out of debt. I want to be financially free, whatever it is. Enjoy on before that board. Say, Holy Spirit, let's do this together. Do not do this board without the Holy Spirit. Do it with Him. You can use cutouts, drawings, etc., to make your vision board unique. Be as creative as possible. And if you would like, make sure to take a picture of your board and tag me in it. Take a picture of your board and tag me in it, Joshua Ezzy, with the purpose of singleness hashtag, and you will be entered to win a shirt or a book from me. The best board will win. Also, to help you with this course, take some time to fill out this personality test so that you will better understand yourself. www.16personalities.com. Um, I'll share with y'all. I'm, I'm I am an INFJ, and I did a personality test, and it really helped me to better understand myself. Um, don't idolize your personality. Just put your personality in scope of the person of God and see this is how you made me. So now I'm going to use how you made me for the glory of God, for the glory of you, Father. So <clears throat> do your singleness board. You got two weeks. 
um, take a picture, tag me on Instagram, tag me on Facebook, tag me wherever. And I may do a first, second, third place. And just because I select these boards doesn't mean they're better than everyone's. It's just who was the most creative, who was the most fun. And throughout these 78 weeks, I will be giving away my wife and I, my wife is going to be a part of this course. Miss Azzy going to be, she said she, she got, she, she found some points and said, I'm going to be on video. So my wife is going to help me with this course. And um, we're going to be giving away things throughout these 78 weeks just to keep y'all engaged. I know it's a long time, but trust me, I believe in what God has given me and my wife believes in what she, what God has given her. And we're here to help y'all. Uh, and so do your board, <clears throat> get your board, take a picture of it, have fun, be creative. Um, and, and, um, and all that good stuff. Now let's get to the activities. I got five sheets. This is the holistic plan. This will be the first, probably the last time I do it on YouTube um, so that everyone can be inspired to go to lifework.teachable.com um, to uh, to get the point. So your holistic plan, body, soul, and spirit. Basically, your memory verse for this week is Titus 3 through 5. We got I got a reading plan. I got a prayer plan. I got an emotional thought processing plan. I got a body plan all to help you just simply. The personality test website is 16personalities.com. It's on my website. If you go to lifework.teachable and you go to the first lesson, scroll down and you'll see the link for the personality test. Uh, did I post it there? It's on the syllabus. So if you download the syllabus, there's a hyperlink there. Click that link and you got it. <clears throat> first question I want you to ask yourself, what are your goals for this week? What are your goals for this week? Set goals. Your memory verses, Titus 3 through 3, 5 says, He saved us not because of works done by us in righteousness, but according to his own mercy by the washing of regeneration and renewal of the Holy Spirit. In Psalms 23, 6, Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. I just want you to meditate on that. Meditate on those two scriptures. Because when you meditate, when you try to memorize something, it won't be a party. But if you meditate, you INTJ, if you meditate on it, 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 it'd be it'd become a part of you. Uh, each day of the week, I want you to read Proverbs. So today, don't worry about today. Tomorrow is January 3rd. So we're going to read a proverb a day, a gospel a month. So tomorrow, read Proverbs 3, Saturday, Proverbs 4, Sunday, Proverbs 5, Monday, Proverbs 6, Tuesday, Proverbs 7, Wednesday, Proverbs 8, Thursday, Proverbs, uh, Proverbs 9. And if you're on my life work page up under this le lecture, feel free to post what you got from your readings. I'm going to be posting there. I want to have discussion with y'all exclusively on there. So post what you get from your readings. I'm going to post what I'm getting from my readings. I may not do it every day, but I'm going to do it most days. And read chapters 1 through 5 of Matthew at your own pace throughout this week. Matthew 5. The attribute of God that we're going to research and study this week is the mercy of God. Just do it on your leisure. This ain't supposed to be heavy. It's supposed to be helpful. So the attribute of God for this week that we're going to study probably for the next two weeks is the mercy of God. So we're going to study that. And the two boxes, what stood out to you in Proverbs this week? What stood out to you in the Gospel of Matthew this week? The next one, from your studies, what did you learn about the about God's attribute of mercy? Right, what you got there now. <clears throat> I have a prayer and praise list. I want you to write down your prayer requests in the left column. Write down your prayer requests for the week and the date they were answered. So keep these papers. Get you a folder where you can put these papers in to keep them and save them so that when you look at their prayer request and be like, you put a date when it was answered because it will help you uh, keep your faith alive or faith thriving because you'll be able to say, God answered that prayer for me. And just because it hasn't been answered, you trust God's timing. 
praise release as well. On the second column, write down what you are thankful for this week to use in your prayer time for praise. So prayer request, praise release. Do we do we do the what stood out at the end of every week? You do it whenever you like. If at the end of the week is good for you, that's cool. If you want to do it as you go, you can do that as well. The space might not be big enough. So uh, the, one of the things I said to make sure you have is a journal so that you can journalize everything. The next uh, activity is soul, mind, and emotions. This is good right here. Utilize the section below to process your negative thoughts and utilize combative scriptures to develop a clean thought to think on. Scripture to support you, 2 Corinthians 10, 3-5 and Philippians 4, 8. So I want you to put, if you have a, a tough thought this week, I don't know if you can see it. I want you to write right here that thought. Just write it down. Write down that thought and write down combative scriptures against that thought. Write down what the word of God says about that thought. If you have anxiety, write down scriptures on anxiety and I want you to look at it. And then I want you to write down what you should be thinking about. Above it, I put true, honorable, just, pure, lovely, commendable, excellent, and worthy of praise. That's in Philippians 4.8. <clears throat> so if that conflicting thought doesn't isn't true, honorable, just, pure, lovely, commendable, excellent, worthy of praise, you got you to gotta cast that down and create a new thought to think on. So it's a nice activity to, for you to, if you have a bad thought, a tough thought that comes in your mind, you can actually get it out your mind. So they won't get into your emotions. Now, the emotions and feelings. What feelings did you feel this week? What are the facts behind those feelings? And what do you need to do going forward? I want you to write down your feelings in the first column. I want you to write down the facts. What are the facts behind these feelings? And you'll be able to process that. And what do you need to do going forward so those feelings won't dominate you? Next one is the body. Body and energy levels. As of now, what do you like and dislike about your body? Likes and dislikes. What change do you, what change need to be made and why? Utilize the tracker below to track your food and take in the workouts. So day one, did you work out? Or what did you eat that day? The other bottom there is your workout, and it talks about what did what you eat was it helpful or hurtful, and what adjustments do you need to make? And the same goes with workouts. Also, what did you do for fun this week, and what made it relaxing? I want you to have fun this week. Go 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 for a walk. Go for a run. Last but not least, <clears throat> purpose development. What's your craft, talent, or skill? If not clear, what do you like? What is your Instagram name? At my coach Josh. My coach Josh. Um, if you type my coach Josh anywhere, I, that's my, my coach Josh on Twitter, my coach Josh on Instagram, my coach Josh on Facebook. So my coach Josh on uh, YouTube is Josh Wazzy. So my last name is E Z E. E is an elephant, Z is in zebra, E is an elephant. What's your craft, talent, or skill? <clears throat> Excuse me. If not clear, what do you like to do that could be used to bring you in a residual income as well as produce residual impact? Next box. Each day you have between one to four extra hours to dedicate to your craft or purpose. I want you to utilize the section to track your hours in progress. I put an hour sheet. Just write down what you do in each hour. If, six, if from 11 p.m. to 6 a.m. you sleep, just put sleep in that box. Put work in the box where you work. Put eat where you eat. And then you'll be able to find out all the extra time that you have. With the extra time, really think about, do I, should I watch the game or should I watch my life? You know what I'm saying? And watch my life and watch my life. Hey. What time slots above could be dedicated to working on you and your purpose? Write down those next boxes. Did you work on you or your purpose during those times? Why or why not? And what adjustment do you need to make? This is very thorough because when you examine your life like this, you get the most fruit out of your life. If so, what did you do during those times? Any progress? And the last sheet is just a big old box. 
How did this week go? Reflect and journal your thoughts below. You can journal in a journal. You can journal in that box. But get you a folder where you can put these in, um, where you can punch three holes, like the big binders, where you can punch the holes in them and track your progress. Um, but it's time for some questions. <clears throat> Is this lecture series all based off your book too? Yeah. So next week, we'll probably go through chapter one and chapter two. Um, the first chapter was called um, this book right here, The Purpose of Singleness. Uh, we're going to go through a lot of stuff in this book. Uh, I alluded to a lot of them because the first chapter was so short. There's a purpose for everything. God holds a definition of everything. Every single thing that he created under the sun, he first defined. This book deals specifically with his definitions of singleness, marriage, sex, and love, and what happens when those definitions are not followed. I'm going to jump down skipping steps. God has laid out the blueprint for your life, and it involves taking certain steps. There are steps to ensure that you grow and mature. What we often fail to realize is that each step is important. And when we rush through these steps, it is dangerous. Um, so that first chapter was short. Uh, so we'll get into those other chapters soon. So you can read through the first chapter and answer those questions, too. That'd be helpful as well. Um, so let's get to some questions. I got time for maybe 15. I got whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> I was about to say 15 questions, <clears throat> about 15 to 20 minutes. I have to be I have to do ministry in the morning. Um, and so I got, I'll be on TV tomorrow. So I got to be on TV. So I got to, I got to get some rest and prepare for that. Um, let's get to the questions. So I'm going off what I see first. Nick Antoine says, I understand that I need to renew my mind, but what happens when in a specific category, I have the information in my mind, but it doesn't get to my heart and actually change my emotion. What do I do? You got to get it out your mind eventually because it will eventually affect your emotion and affect your life. See, see thoughts are seeds just because it's a seed. I mean, just because it's a thought doesn't mean it won't grow. Thoughts become sold. Uh, thoughts become strongholds over time. Thoughts become trees. What I mean by that is many of us, the reason why we can't see our future is because we have so many trees in our minds blocking our view. It's because we allow seeds of thoughts to be to be nurtured by our thinking energy. See, thoughts come in your mind. Your thinking gives that thought energy. The devil wants your thinking power. He wants you to think on a thought. He wants you to think on it and give that thought power. And that's dangerous. That's why you got to be able to cast down vain imaginations. Even if it even if it hasn't manifested in your life, <clears throat> it will. Thoughts are, uh, are active like seeds. If your mind is soil, seeds do not become activated until it's planted. So a seed has within it its agenda. Every seed given sporadically through the world system or specifically through a demonic entity has in it its own agenda and its own fruit. When it, you allow it to be sold into your mind and you begin to let your energy rain on that seed, you're thinking, you're giving it attention, you're giving it thinking power, you're giving it life. Over time, you will begin to see that fruit in your life. So just because it hasn't manifested yet doesn't mean it won't manifest in your life. And you just got to be very careful. You got to say, okay, is, is this thought true, lovely, pure, good report, et cetera, et cetera? Is this thought what is, is from God? And you have all the time in the world. I'd rather if you take all the time you can to, to investigate a thought, investigate a thought and, and, and remove it out of your life, then to ignore it and let it grow. And then now you got to deal with months more worth of work. Something that would have took moments, if not minutes, to get rid of now takes months to get rid of because you allowed it to have life. 
So get rid of it as soon as possible because it will get into your emotion. And then it, once it's in your emotions, because emotions bring validation to thoughts. It puts feeling. Feelings are the glue. That's why the enemy wants you to feel a certain type of way about certain things. Because if he gets you to feel a certain type of way about certain things, then those certain things will be manifested in your life. You have what you think, you have what you say, and you live out what you allow, that where you allow uh, occupancy in your mind. Aline, Aline says, how do you respond to being pursued? Good question. And do you open up completely or over time unfold who you are to that person? Green is my favorite color too. Yeah, green was always my hunter green to be specific. How do you respond to being pursued? You got to make sure you first, first respond to the pursuer who is God. Ladies will welcome the pursuit of any man if they first haven't welcomed the pursuit of the man Christ Jesus. See what I mean by that? His pursuit is what determines your value. A lot of ladies get lost in the value category of life because they think that they're not valuable unless they have a certain amount of attention. They don't think they're valuable unless they have certain things, etc. That goes both ways. But since the lady asked me this question, I'm being specific to ladies. So what happens is a woman's um, ego, emo, uh, uh, self-esteem goes up <clears throat> when there's pursuit or their pursuit become the pursuit of a man becomes more valuable than the presence of God. And so what you have to do is you got to allow his pursuit of you to put you at a place of poise and to have you realize where you are in life. And if you know for a fact that you're not ready for love and you still uh, uh, um, nurturing the wound of the last relationship and you're nurturing the womb of the last situationship, <clears throat> then you won't get into a new situation, new relationship, because you know that in order for me to run well and to not play well, but to engage in, 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 in relationship well, I have to be well. You see what I'm saying? So uh, how do you respond to being pursued? First, you first you have to ask yourself, <clears throat> do I know the do I know my value? Because a man won't know how to pursue a woman and a woman won't know how to be pursued until they first know the value of God's pursuit of them. And so if you recognize God's pursuit of you and you're like, you know what, God, we got a lot more work to do, then you would counsel every guy's pursuit, no matter the offer. You got to know your value to the point to where you know that you can't be bought. You can't be weaned from the presence of God. You can't be snatched from him. And, and you got to check your self-esteem levels. You got to check your emotional levels. You got to check your contentment levels. And then you will be able to say, you know what? Oh, you also check your development and your preparation and realize, you know what? I'm not going to waste energy even entertaining resumes. You, listen, you you already, you already, you're, you're a sole proprietor. You are sole proprietor. You, you, you are an employee of one. You have your assignment and you have your singleness assignment and you don't have time wasting looking up somebody else, examining other people's resumes. You don't have time. And so that's why that's what we have to realize is that any man who pursues you and you know you're not ready or prepared or or even if you are prepared, you're waiting on God's confirmation. Then you you say, keep your resume I'm not, I'm not, I'm not hiring right now. Um, um, and, and move on with your life. So how do you respond to being pursued? First, you, first you em embrace the pursuit of God and let that build your self-esteem, let you build your self-confidence and your self-love because God's perfect love casts out all fear. I love that scripture. The perfect love of God casts out all fear because fear has torment. So many people are being tormented. So many singles are being tormented in their singleness because they are afraid. I'm 40 and I haven't met nobody. I'm 35. I haven't met nobody. I'm 50 and I, I'm a divorcee. I've been divorced and I don't even know if I'm like, you can't get caught up in that. 
because fear has torment. You don't have time to be tormented. You got to allow the perfect love of God to cast out that fear and bring in self-love and self-love will birth self-care and self-care will be able to recognize uh, um, who to let in and who, who to give clearance to. And do you open up completely or over time unfold who you are to that person? You unfold yourself over time. <clears throat> when you build a rhythm with God and, and you and you engage with him, he will give you the play-by-play -play in real time. And he'll tell you, you you've given too much. Um, but you got to set parameters um, saying that, you know what, it, it doesn't matter how good of a communicator he is. It doesn't matter how much I love uh, uh, talking on the phone with him. I got to be off at eight o'clock. You got to set boundaries right now. Set boundaries in your singleness about, okay, I know I'm not good on the phone after nine. I know I'm more likely to compromise if I'm at this place. Set your boundaries now, and then God will give you the free range to be able to operate within those boundaries that he established. See, before you entertain the resume of a person, you got to know God's requirements for you that, that, that. Because a lot of women, a lot of men give their benefits to women and men who don't meet God's requirements to them. And when you don't know your identity and you don't know your purpose, you won't set the right requiring boundaries and you will be you'll be jumping over areas that you shouldn't. So set boundaries now and then you'll know by the leading of the Holy Spirit in real time if you're talking too much, if you're giving too much or when you give. Now, there's just certain things you, you just don't give until you marry. You see what I'm saying? Don't give no man your body. Don't give no man your mind. Don't give your man no emotion. Don't give no man no spiritual position. And what I mean by that, don't go praying with him. Don't go to church with him like that. Don't 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 pray together if you ain't married. That's just not wise. Why go to God about a man and you don't even know if that man's from God for you? You know what I'm saying? So there's some spirit. You have your own spiritual relationship. Have your own mind. Have your own self-control and, and, and your own expertise. And then when he does become a husband, then you submit because you will be submitting to a man who was sacrificed for you like Christ sacrificed for the church. Lion Lion says, does having asthma prevent you from feeling your purpose and being me? No, God can heal you of asthma. What I would do is I would research asthma and how asthma is entered into the body. Um, God can heal anything. And I would change certain habits, um, lifestyle or anything that may be contributed to that asthma, maybe changing. Uh, um, uh, I'm not I'm not a doctor, but uh, asthma can be healed. And and sometimes we just hear what a doctor says and be like, oh, OK, I have asthma and you have what you say. So do not allow a person's prognosis um, 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 de determine, uh, your life because you have what you say now. And so you gotta be very careful when people say I have this, you're giving, what if it's demonic? What if, what if the root of the sickness was demonic? That demon is hiding un uh, under, uh, a, a doctor's diagnosis. Now diagnosis can reveal what's in your life, but then you go to God to heal your life. You see what I'm saying? And a lot of illnesses boils down to anxiety, boils down to stress, boils down to envy, boils down to strife, boils down to unforgiveness, unforgiveness. Bodily illnesses is due to a sick soul. And so I'm not saying your soul is sick. I'm just saying just, just uh, um, research and find out what are some natural herbs and remedies and, and the right way to heal. But asthma ain't going to keep you from marrying somebody. I'm not sitting there saying that you have to be perfect. But what I'm saying is you just got to say, you know what? What am I doing to at least prevent this from being a problem in my marriage? That's what I would do. Next question. Oh, man. Scroll, scroll, scroll. <clears throat> Sorry. Uh, all right. Here we go. 
How do you properly meditate on the word? Good question. I did a video on that. I think it's releasing pretty soon. But how you meditate on the word is this. Um, you take the word. First off, you look at your life. And you look at your life and say, okay, what am I struggling in? What am I really struggling in my life? Am I struggling with worry and anxiety? What I would do it in, go to openbible.info and type, or go to Google, just type in scriptures on worry. And go with the Holy Spirit. Everything you do must start with him, my friend. Because when you start with the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit will begin to pop that scripture off the screen. He'll be like, this one, take this one off the screen. <clears throat> then you take that scripture. Let me give an example. Um, uh, like I did last video, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Like I said in another video, I said, listen, you look, you look at the word trust, you can't even get past the word trust. You meditate on the word by looking at the word word for word. You look at the word trust, you be like, you know what? Do I trust God? And you begin to think on it. You reflect. You look at the word. The Bible says the word of God is like a mirror. You got to look in that mirror. Just like you look at your natural mirror to make sure you don't look crazy with, with, with stuff in your eyes and stuff in your nose, hair all over the place. It's crazy how we'll check that mirror, but rarely ever check the word of God. And we wonder why we look crazy out here. We look crazy in the spirit world. We, we look good before me and demons looking at you like, boy, that girl don't got no faith. <laughs> that man ain't got nothing. That man ugly as you see what I'm saying? So you got to look at the perfect law of liberty and look at the word of God as a mirror and say, okay, what does the word of God say about trust? I mean, what it worry? And you look at it and you examine your life in that mirror. <clears throat> and so you look at the word trust, trust in the Lord, trust. Go to go to go get a dictionary. Look up the word trust. What does trust mean? Look up, look at, look at the Greek uh, or the oh, that's uh, Old Testament. Look at the Hebrew and wonder what is what is that? What is, what what is the author trying to say about the word trust here? You meditate on the word by going by looking at the word word for word and reflecting in each phrase or word, and look at your life and say, why is this not evident in my life? How can I make this evident in my life? Why is this not evident in my life? And how can I make this evident in my life? And say, Holy Spirit, let's do the work. And that's how you meditate on God's word. Some scripture you can't even get, you can't get, <clears throat> you can't even get past it for three or four weeks because you trust in the Lord. You, that takes you three weeks to process what that means. What does it mean? What is the lordship of Jesus? What does that even mean? Trust in the Lord. What is what does it mean to be under Christ's lordship? Like, like that's how you dissect the word. Word you meditate on the word by looking at a word for word and reflecting yourself into that word and saying what uh uh why don't i have this in my life how do i get this in my life and is this evident in my life and that's how you met and i'm telling you over time um you'll begin to see when you answer those questions you begin to reflect in it more and more that word becomes you and it becomes a weapon jesus knew he says man uh uh tempt not the lord thy god he knew he knew the word He's like i ain't gonna tempt that it becomes a part of your nature then i give an example like this chicken by itself is chicken. Chicken and teriyaki becomes teriyaki chicken. Chicken and that sesame seed, whatever they be doing, becomes sesame seed chicken. Chicken inside of whatever, garlic, basil, herb, becomes garlic, basil, herb chicken. You got whatever you're immersed in, that, that's your new definition. Am I a man of God for real? Of him? Of his likeness? You got to you got to marinate on that word until that word becomes you. And you got to sit with it, sit with it, reflect in it. And that's how you grow in it. Uh, 
Next question. How do we know if God's plan is for us to remain single for our whole life? If you don't have a ink, if you don't even have a desire to be married, then you ain't going to you, you call it a singleness. But if you have a desire to be married, and you deep down, you're like, man, I really want to be married. I truly want to be married. Then you'll be married if you if you do things the right way. And what I mean by that, you'll have you'll eventually marry. You'll marry the one God has for you. Um, if you put things on, I always tell us the singles. Don't be discouraged by how many people are single. Not everybody's single in God. There's a bunch of single people. And single people outside of God, they'll settle. There's some people that's in God that may settle because they're learning. But God is only obligated to fulfill his purpose and knows that wants his purpose. And that number is not as big as the world. So just because it's a bunch of single people doesn't mean God doesn't have an exclusive group of people that he's looking out for and he will look out for. So how do you know if it's God's plan for you to remain single for your whole life? If you desire it, if you truly deep down say, you know what, I have no desire to be married. I'm, I'm talking about genuine desire. We're not talking about because of what Ray Ray did to mama and Newt Newt. I don't want no man. All men are dogs or, or well, she, man, they all women just, if, it's all, if you start talking like that, then you make an excuse. We're talking about people that's like, I, I mean, really deep down, I, I just feel called to God. Like, I don't, I don't have it. We're not talking about a place of contentment where you're like, I just, oh. Because the contentment, you can still desire marriage. We're talking about you, you just really don't want to be married. And nothing will make you get married. And that means that if you have a desire to be married and you truly desire God more than marriage, you'll be married. Kimmy says, I am very close to God and I have recurring dreams about the same man every time I start dating someone else. Is that a sign from God? No, nah, it could be a sign of it could be a sign of a lot of different things. Uh, I'm not taking a God part out because it could be, but I don't, I don't think God, you know, is God. If you're, if you're, God is not going to bring somebody over and over and over again in your mind. If you're not minding him, you see what I'm saying? If you're not minding God, if your mind is not stayed on him, God is not going to do that. That's, that's, that way. Cause that's, that's leading you that could possibly lead you into whatever. Now, the reason there's a lot of the reasons why a person, oh, okay. I am very close to God. And I have recurring. Okay. Well, I, I respect that. So you have recurring dreams about the same man every time. So first off, you got to say, why am I dating someone else? Uh, uh, because because you, you want to be, and like I always say, in order to be successful in a marriage, you got to date God and date yourself before you get in any type of relationship that requires you to date someone. When you date God, what I mean by dating God, I ain't talking about getting no flowers and pouring God some juice. Man, I'm talking about pouring God juice and you waiting on God to drink the juice and God ain't drinking the juice because God ain't going to come drink the juice. God don't need juice. You see what I'm saying? He got the juice. <laughs> anyway, what I'm trying to say is date got me. Here's a day and a time where I'm going to spend with God. I meet with God daily. These are dates where I meet with God and I date myself. I'm, I'm working on a resource now, um, um, dating you. Uh, that's not, that's not going to be the title of it, but it's going to be like how to date you and, and really, and really process that and be like, okay, what does it mean to date myself? And get to know you. Don't. What I would do now is ask myself, why am I dating someone else? And why is this person mine? Because that person could be on your mind, especially if there was some intimacy involved previously, if there was some sex involved, if there was, you know, I, I got with this new person, try to get over him, and I realize I'm not over him. Things will really, if, if, if it's in your soul, it'll be in your dreams. If it's in your life, it will stay in your life. So what you got to do is you got to do a detox and examine that person. Um, why, and you know why, 
I'm getting because maybe God is maybe God, you getting so close to God that God is revealing to you that that idol's still there. And God may be drawing that person in your mind and say, we need to get this out of your soul. We need to get this person out of your mind because this person is too dominant in your in your mind and heart. Hope to help. How do I erase the fear that I'm going to have a family and focus? How do I erase the fear that I am not going to have a family and focus on God? Great question. Um, the Bible says God's perfect love casts out all fear. Um, my question to you is, do you know how deeply God loves you? When a person doesn't know that they're deeply loved by God, depression is inevitable. Poor decisions are inevitable. And, and what happens to most people is they'll be like, well, I, I think God loves me. The Bible says that uh, if anyone draw, wants to draw near to him, must know that he's a rewarder of those. Oh, hold on, hold on. I forget that scripture. I'm twisting scripture. I've been going for a long time. So I'm twisting stuff. Uh, but what I want to say to you is that there's nothing to fear. You erase fear by changing your focus, redirecting your focus back to God and do a study on God's love. That's your homework for this week. I want you to look up the attribute of God's love. Let's say look up the attribute of God, God's attribute of love and look up every scripture about God's love for us. And I just want you to sit with those scriptures for, for weeks, for days, sit with that. And then over time, as your mind begins to see from his written word, his love letter to you, how much he loves you, then you will begin to see you. It, it was something supernatural. I, 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 I can't force it. It'll be something supernatural. And God's love will begin to loose you from the fear. And then you will find a hope in him, knowing that he loves me and he wants to give good. If, if parents can give good gifts to their children, what you think God's going to give to those who love him? Those who seek his will. The Bible says, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these other things will be added. Don't worry about whether you're going to be married or not. Just seek him. If you seek him and, 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 and seek his ways. Things work out for you when you seek his ways and you become his ways. I just you just don't want to be an image bearer. You want to be like him. You want the likeness of God. And 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 fear comes in when our focus is off God. When Peter took off the boat, he took his eyes off of Jesus. What happened? He began to fall. You begin to fall into worry and anxiety when your eyes are off. And how do you keep your eyes on God? You keep your eyes in his word and you research. You look up scriptures that pertains to your current struggles. Look up scriptures on love, God's love for people, God's love for us, and just sit on those, and just sit on, like I told a brother before about how to meditate, you just sit on that. You sit on those love scriptures, you sit on it and say, Holy Spirit, show me God's love, reveal God's love to me, because God, I, God I'm tired of not loving myself, I'm, I'm tired of not, I'm tired of worrying. So don't worry, fear has torment, God is not going to, God is not going to uh, torment you with the idea of you not getting married and having a family. Only the devil would do that. Only demons would do that. Oh, oh, she's worried about marriage. Keep attacking her mind because they want they want to change the narrative in your mind about the one who's writing the story of your life. Because if you could, if, it, if they can change the way you view the one that's often your life, maybe you'll try to grab the pen. The truest champ said, is it necessary to reveal the things you need to address to family in order to grow? Nah, God will show you the right accountability. Don't reveal your mess to everybody because pe people who are messy will make your mess messier. Okay, so be selective in who you reveal your mess to. Just journal, journal your journal your growth, journal your time with God until God surrounds you with the right accountability. That's what I do. I don't tell everybody my business because not everybody can handle that business. You know what I'm saying? Not everybody is, are accountant worthy to hold my business accountable. <laughs> don't give your business to everybody who can't be who can't hold your business accountable. 
You see what I'm saying? So journal your feelings, journal, journal to God and, and vent. Vent your issues out now until God surrounds you with the right type of accountability that can add structure and guidance and be God's resource by which he sourced through to hold you accountable and help you grow. So is it necessary to reveal the things you need to address to family in order to grow in advance? Nah, uh, God, will, God will let you know if pops is cool to talk to. God let you know if mom, because some people in family got certain types of feelings about us. They got certain type of emotional attachments to us. And if they heard what you did, they won't be, they won't be able to process. Not everybody can process your mess. You got to be around people who have processed that kind of mess in their life and have a certain amount of patience and poise and they're going to have a shock face. Man, people be telling me stuff. I don't get shocked. I don't heard some crazy stuff. <laughs> so I don't get shocked because I know how God's a very good process and he needs people who's processed their mess to help people process theirs through the help of the Holy Ghost. I got time for two more because I feel like my strength is waning. <laughs> how do you disciple children from two years to 12? Great question. Um, how you disciple them? Um I don't know the Holy Spirit can help me with the answer to this because I don't have children. I'm around children a lot. Um, I got nieces and nephews. You know what I'm saying? I, I was in my sister's lives a lot. But as far as discipleship between two and 12, the best thing you can do for a child, and this is what I'm going to do with my wife and I's children, is to teach them about their sin nature and to teach them about the fear of God. The fear of God is what's going to guide them through all wisdom. Not to make them scared of God, but say, you know what? God is watching. God sees everything. You can't hide from God. Teach them the attributes of God in story form. You see what I'm saying? Uh, the best way to disciple children is to be a disciple of Christ yourself. You see what I'm saying? You, if they, they're only going to follow your leadership because they, that's all they got. So you got to make a decision. Say, you know what? I'm going to follow God so that they who follow me will find him eventually. You see what I'm saying? So how to disciple children, teach them about their sin nature and be like, you know what? You are inclined to sin. You are going to do things wrong. You need a savior. You need Christ. And, and that, that, that the Holy Spirit will tell you what age to do that at. You know, right now, just give them love and care and discipline and structure. Um, but also teach them about the fear of God that God's eyes are to and fro, not in a bad way. He's looking at your life because he wants you to be the best version of yourself for his glory. Teach them about God's glory. Teach them about the fear of God. Teach them about the importance of the word of God and make sure they see it in your life. Because if you tell them about something they don't see, they won't do what you say. One more and I'm done. I've been going about almost two hours. You INFJ? I'm INFJ as well. We are a rare breed, my friend. Rare breed, rare breed. Uh, does having blasphemy thoughts mean there is no more salvation for a child of God, even though these thoughts are always argued against? Nah, man. Blasphemy of the Holy Ghost means the continuous resistance of the Holy Spirit working in life. There was this movement back in the early 2000s where people were saying the blasphemy of the Holy Ghost, and that was a trick. They didn't make them believe they could never be saved. So they were, sh they were shunning themselves from God's love. Now, they don't understand what the real meaning of the blaspheming means. Blaspheming against the Holy Spirit is the a wicked heart that, re that refuses the work of the Holy Spirit in their life. And they blaspheme the Holy Ghost by, by their pride and, and acting like they don't need him. And so when you have those kind of blasphemy thoughts, the devil is just trying to confuse you. Write those to use that worksheet. You write those blasphemy thoughts and reverse engineer that way of thinking by thinking uh, uh, blessed field thoughts towards the holiness of God. I love y'all. I pray this video was a blessing. This is lecture one. Next week, we'll be talking about um, the importance of being hope coming from James chapter one. Uh, 
patience and the importance of it. And so we're going to talk about what it means to be whole, complete and lacking in nothing. And that's another, these are, this is relationships, not relationships, uh, <laughs> purpose of singleness one-on-one, um, purpose of singleness one-on-one will cover, um, probably a few months of topics. We're going to be talking about, um, what's your, uh, what's, uh, your singleness has a purpose. What does it mean to be whole? And why purpose matters. Then we'll get to the problems of singleness. So the purpose of singleness and the problems of singleness is singleness 101. Singleness 102 would be the processes of singleness. And singleness 103 would be the profitability of singleness. So there's three chapters to this. So we're going to be talking about pretty soon the harsh reality. Do you match what you're asking for? Then we're going to talk about spiritual warfare and singleness, double-mindedness, abuse, identity issues. We're going to talk about a lot of deep stuff. So I love y'all. Thank y'all so much for watching. I pray this video was a blessing. Enroll, sign up. If you're watching this later on YouTube, like, whoa, that was something special there. Subscribe, hit the bell, and, and make sure you're ready uh, for the next session. Uh, enroll to lifework.teachable.com and um, get your worksheets. Do your get the get the poster board. Tag me if something was very profound, man. Let's get a. I just want to. I just want to see what y'all got. And the best way to do is to hashtag the purpose of singleness. Tag me, make sure I'm connected. And um, I love y'all. Y'all be blessed. I'll see y'all next week on what we're going to talk about. What does it mean to be whole? In order to hold anything, you got to be whole. Love y'all. Y'all be blessed. Uh, if you want to give the support, what I do here, our mentoring program starts in February for uh, for uh, elementary students and middle school students. If you want to support and give towards that, you can go to our website now, imunplugged.com. You can get your books there as well. Um, I got this book on Soul Ties and Stronghold, The Purpose of Freedom. Book on spiritual warfare, World War Me, a book for those who dating themselves and dating others, dating prep, and my book Unplug, and of course, the purpose of singleness. And I have a book for children um, entitled As He Says, As for the Students I Serve. Love y'all. Books online, card games online. I'm gonna order some card games so y'all can see them. Um, but that's it. I gotta go. Coach Todd, I gotta be on TV tomorrow. Love y'all. Y'all be blessed. See y'all next week. Probably I'll do a live QA this weekend, but I'll see y'all for this next week. Love y'all. Peace. Also, shirts. I forgot. Love is not blind. Infatuation is. I got the Purpose of Singleness shirts. Are you whole or full of holes? All those are available on my website as well. Uh, love y'all. You have a purpose for your singleness. I'll see you next time. Uh, share. Get this to everyone. Invite more people. We have 520 people since last time I checked. Let's get it to a thousand in a couple of weeks. We got a lot of people we got coach wants to reach. Let's reach them together. Love y'all. Peace.